This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ali Tikkanen. Hello and welcome back to our podcast mini-series Data Analysis for Sedentary Behavior. This is episode 4 of our six-part series and today we will be discussing tools and visualization techniques for sedentary behavior data analysis. So let's get started. So in our previous episodes we talked about understanding and pre-processing our data, we have explored some of the techniques we use to analyze this data and we have discussed how to interpret the results of our analysis. But once we have done all that, how do we present our findings? Well, that's what we are going to explore in this episode. So let's start with the tools we use for data analysis. Now, as you might remember from our earlier discussions, there are a variety of software tools that can help us analyze our data. These include statistical software like SPSS, programming languages like R and Python, and spreadsheet programs like, for example, Excel or Google Sheets. And each of these tools has its own strengths and weaknesses and the choice of tool often depends on the nature of our data and the specific analysis we are conducting and naturally what software you are familiar with. For instance, SPSS is great for conducting basic statistical analysis and is relatively easy to use even for beginners. On the other hand, R and Python more flexible and they are more powerful, but they definitely require a bit more technical skill and, and the learning curve is, is bigger than with SPSS. And the learning curve is steeper than with SPSS. So regardless of the tool you choose, the key is to become proficient in using it. This means not only knowing how to conduct your analysis, but also understanding how to troubleshoot problems, interpret the output, and validate your results. And once we have conducted our analysis, the next step is to present our findings. And this is where data visualization comes in. Data visualization is all about presenting our data in a visual format, such as a graph, chart, or infographic. And this can make our data more understandable, memorable, and persuasive. For instance, let's say we have conducted a time series analysis on accelerometer data, and we want to present our findings. We might create a line graph that shows how a person's activity levels 
change throughout the day or we might create a bar chart that compares the average activity levels of different groups. And when creating data visualizations, it's important to keep in mind the principles of good design. This includes things like choosing the right type of visualizations for your data, using clear and concise labels, and ensuring that, and ensuring that your visualization is accessible to all viewers. And of course, like with other skills, creating effective data visualization requires practice and skill. It's a bit like learning a new language. You need to understand the grammar and vocabulary, and you need to practice speaking and writing in order to become fluent. And it takes some time learning the design properties, for example, many times don't come naturally to researchers. So it's good to spend some time learning that. And like said, it's important to invest time in learning about data analysis, data visualization, and practicing your skills. And this can be done through formal education, online courses, which nowadays are great, for example, in YouTube, or self-study. Building these skills can greatly enhance your ability, enhance your ability to communicate your findings and make an impact with your research. So as you can see, tools and visualization techniques play a crucial role in our analysis and sedentary behavior data that we can actually get people interested in data. We can present the data correctly and these help us conduct our analysis, interpret our results and communicate our findings. So that concludes our fourth episode where we explored various tools and visualization techniques for sedentary behavior data analysis. And like I have mentioned in earlier episodes, if you are planning to measure sedentary behavior or physical activity, I would be very happy to jump on a quick call, video call with you so we can get to know each other and see if we maybe work together. So don't hesitate to book a call. The link, you can find it in the episode description. And in our next episode, we will be discussing case study and ethical considerations in sedentary behavior data analysis. So feel free to share your thoughts and comments on Twitter. I would really appreciate hearing feedback. So thanks for listening and have a great day. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian, a research device that has been shown to be valid in tracking sitting, standing, physical activity and energy expenditure. Furthermore, Fibian has been shown to be valid categorizing physical activity into light, moderate and vigorous intensity. In addition to scientific accuracy, Fibian provides automatically produced and easy to understand reports for research participants. Get scientific validation and learn more about Fibian at fibian.com slash research. Fibian. From researchers to researchers.